everybody, it's Peter from Record Time, here with another Record Time single. This time, U2's Bad. Tim and I are busy preparing for season two, all about live albums, and we wanted to kind of give you a preview with an awesome live track that isn't from what, you know, like a seminal live album, but is still an amazing live track. And so U2's Bad is an amazing live track. And in what's becoming the kind of Record Time single style, uh, Tim shared his thoughts separately, and then I'll be back with some of mine. Here's Tim. Wow. So um, I just listened to Bad by U2 for our singles collection. And um, man, <laughs> I'm among, I mean, I don't know. I'm not among the biggest U2 fans in the world, but I certainly really enjoy U2 and particularly enjoy live U2. I am of the opinion that in general, um, maybe the Stones could be knocking on the door, but when you consider um, the longevity, the lack of controversy, um, accepting free albums on iPhones anyway, uh, and the sort of active, you know, social activism that U2 has participated in over the, the entirety of their career, um, either locally within Ireland or um, globally, uh, once they sort of struck it big, I, I think they're the biggest and greatest band um, perhaps in the history of the world. Um, I don't know that people, I, I don't know that anybody can kind of compete with them uh, uh, on each of those counts. And um, I think this is just a fantastic example of exactly what they do. Um, this is a soaring anthem that builds, even though the, the bass, the, the music just sort of holds it up at the baseline and Bono does the vast majority of the work. Um, I will not uh, say that the music is simple, um, but it comes across simply. Um, the Edge, Adam Clayton, Larry Mullen Jr., they're all fantastic musicians, and by this time already, they were so locked into each other, and obviously that's only continued over the years uh, to grow and strengthen. And they don't uh, do easy things, but what they do, they do extremely well, and this is a fantastic example of that. Meanwhile, Bono is just featured and soaring and doing the vast majority of the sort of emotional work in this song. Um, I, I, I don't know, I don't know how somebody, um, can last this long. You know, it, th this is simultaneously a, a classic song that sort of establishes why they became what they became, but it also is something that could be released today if this hadn't been done a long time ago. I mean, I don't think their music is super innovative, but it is consistent. And if this song hadn't been released when it was, it could uh, easily find its way uh, its way onto a current album. I know they have, um, oh God, I can't even remember right now when their most recent release was. That second half of the Songs of Innocence um, collection, Songs of the Opposite of in Innocence, which is escaping me at the moment. Um, you could easily hear this song. It, it is what they do. It is... Um, just a beautiful piece of inspiring anthem rock. Um, and I don't always need that, but I do love being able to rely on old, 
medium and new U2 to provide me that. And I've found, you know, maybe less songs that I absolutely love on the more recent albums. That's certainly fair. But this is a band that, in my opinion, has the album of the 80s, the album of the 90s, and arguably the album of the 2000s. So um, that's a pretty extraordinary resume. If you have a record that sort of, even if it's in the top two or three, um, but I think it's tough to argue that uh, Joshua Tree um, was, you know, that there's any album that was more influential on 80s music than that um, on a national and international level. And certainly I think the same could be true, could be said of uh, uh, Octung Baby, which I prefer actually over Joshua Tree. Um, All That You Can't Leave Behind critically i think is up in the same atmosphere i don't think it was quite as well received but i mean until very recently until like two weeks ago uh u2 had uh the uh, record for um ticket sales and 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 profit i think uh on a on a concert tour and i think they have several tours that are up in the top 10 ed sheeran just recently displaced them at the top um, but I think maybe took quite a bit longer to do so than uh, than you two did, um, as Ed Sheeran wraps up that tour. Apparently, um, he's just been able to eke them out of the top spot, and I don't expect uh, that it'll be terribly long. I don't know where this Joshua Tree reunion or or uh, celebration tour was uh, summer before last or last summer, whenever it was. But man, I. I... <laughs> For my friends, um, and certainly this is a function of just my age and and my social circle, but for my friends, I don't remember um, people talking about a concert the way they did that Joshua Tree celebration tour um, last summer or the summer before. Um, I don't remember them talking about any shows with near the reverence uh, that that one was. And in fact, the Joshua Tree concert even though i didn't go to the original or the celebration there's a piece of music there that um is massive for me in my life and we'll save that for another episode because that is not this song but bad is pretty bad um that's what i've got for you it is true bad is pretty bad and pretty bad ass now this song was inescapable in 1985. U2 was like top of their game and this album came out, Wide Awake in America and this song was played constantly. Six and a half minutes of grinding through this simple, simple structure and this very raw performance on top of it. And it's interesting to think about in retrospect that this song was a hit. It was played all the time. Six and a half minutes, no chorus. It's got a strong hook. That guitar part is a huge hook. And there's lots of hooky things that Bono sings through this song, but it's not a normal structure. It's It's got none of the normal pop song trappings, but it's you two through and through. And it's these four guys that are just working it out on stage. Edge's guitar part is awesome. The drums are awesome. The bass is awesome. Bono, he, he carries the song across. It started as an improv, as a jam, and it is just this like loose dough that holds together through pure emotion and performance. And I really agree with what Tim said about how U2 is set apart. Like them or not, you have to admit that it's like the same 
four guys since the late 70s that are still out touring. And I saw that Joshua Tree tour. And they have stuck it out. Can you think of another band whose original members are all still together, all still touring, and all still vital as they ever were? I saw the Joshua Tree tour at Gillette Stadium. It was packed, and it was a great show. And they played an amazing version of band Bad. They played all my favorite songs. And uh, then they played Joshua Tree. <laughs> start to back and then they played some other awesome songs and they Bono sounded as good if not better than he does on some of these earlier records I feel like Bono doesn't he's he's a great singer and he's a great frontman but he doesn't have like traditional vocal technique until later and he, I feel like he sounds amazing today because he kept up his voice and they've all kept up playing together they were tight as hell at Gillette Stadium two years ago and they're tight as hell in 1985 and I know I, I don't want to sound like I'm slagging on the simplicity of the song. I think the simplicity of the song is one of its strengths. It becomes a mantra. It's the same two chords. It's like a beautiful repeated riff from the edge uh, that kind of gets you into this state of this repetition. And it gets you into the flow of the song. And then they start to build it. And then they start to build it. And then they start to build it. And then at a beautifully perfect moment, he's singing, Wide awake. I'm wide awake, I'm not sleeping. That's one of the places where the chords change. The music changes underneath it, and it goes away from that little mantra-like repetition of the two chords that go back and forth. Dum, 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 dum. And it ends up having so much more impact because you've been in this zone, and it takes you on a left turn. It's a gentle left turn. It's not completely out of left field, excuse me for leftage, but uh, it, it goes in a slightly different direction or puts you in a different place. And it makes that next phrase, I'm not sleeping, sit so well. If you were around at the time and was were as flooded as this song as I was and like, all right, enough, I can't hear isolation, rebulation, isoflabin anymore. I can't hear it anymore. Or if you were a huge U2 head, like so many friends of mine, and frankly, I wasn't at the time, and you loved this song, just listen to it again. One of the things that we'll talk about when we talk about live albums is about how some live albums are a document. We've talked about that as albums before. And it's funny that this song is not a pure document. Like there's some doctoredness to it and it's got the synths in there and stuff. The Brian Eno done uh, arpeggiator. That's not live. Obviously it's a computer, um, but they play along to it. And there's some edits to this. So it's not a pure recording, not edits, but like additional takes that were done in the studio. So it's not a pure live recording, like unlike some of the ones that we're going to do, but it captures a feeling of liveness and it captures the uh, the soundscape of a big hall, and you hear the crowd, and it's really, in the end, just four dudes. Um, and it's a they they put across an, an awesome raw performance. So listen to it again, and listen to how these musicians interplay with each other, and how tightly they work together. And this is a band, and this is what I think the magic of a band is: is the unique 
lightning in a bottle that you get from a group of individuals. Rolling Stones have it. Uh, other bands will talk about have it. U2 has it. And so this is this is the stuff. And this song is a perfect extract of the stuff that is U2. And I feel bad because we're not going to get to Under a Blood Red Sky. But I feel like U2 Live is really exciting. Really, really exciting. So I wanted to get some of it out there. So check out Bad again. And check out Under a Blood Red Sky. And get ready for season two where we're going to do a lot of awesome live albums. And we're really excited to bring it to you soon. And yeah, this is there's a nice little kismet from putting this out at the same time as that article went viral about how everyone was rough on U2 about the free album in people's iTunes. And you know what? That was not U2's fault. That was Apple that decided to put it out there. And it's completely uncool that U2 got the heat. U2 really has tried hard to give you good shit and be good citizens of the world for their entire career. And I wasn't always their biggest fan. I, I, they were, like R.E.M., ubiquitous. I had no choice. U2 existed in my sphere. Um, but I've really grown to love them. And they are special. So check out this jam. Check out Under the Blood Red Sky and get ready for season two of Record Time coming soon. Yeah. 